Welcome to the Saturday Podcast Show. I'm James Burfield, and I'm here with uh, Lewis Phillips, MX Vice Editor. Hello. Hi. How did are you? you? I'm great. Good. I'm great, yeah. Did you enjoy today's uh, racing? I did. Yeah? I mean, I, mean, I can't really say I didn't, can I? Because yeah. it's a bit stupid of me, but no, it's quite good. And track seems to be a bit be better this week, lending itself to some good racing. Well, every rider's just said that it's one line, so... Great. Um, <laughs> I, I think they just like to moan about something. That is definitely a theme of this year, one-line tracks. One-line tracks, But then Crowley yeah. and Pauling came through pretty well, so... Yeah, there was a few riders that's... Ca- yeah. Literally. In Prado's words, he watched a 450 race, and he could see that there are places to hard... Put to hard? There are places to <laughs> pass, but you have to work hard for it. Right, So okay. that's where we're at. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Well, maybe they should all speak to Quincy. It, it is bloody hard back. <laughs> I think the one thing which uh, I've learned is that the roost hurts. The one thing, I, I don't know what I've learned, but they must have been expecting more rain. Like yesterday we had a massive shower, like for an hour, and they must have been expecting more of that or something, because it seems like they didn't put much water down. It's, it's like kind of what you'd expect of a French GP, like slick, hard pack, a little dusty. And it's uh, definitely different to the past few years, because I know last year we had some rain, yeah. so it was quite soft and stuff, so it's quite a bit of a throwback to see it like yeah. this. I mean, early this morning, the track was super soft. Yeah. And, and then, then by time practice, it was dusty. Yeah. But at that point, like, I felt sorry for the track prep guys, because it was obvious they needed to put water down, but they couldn't, because it would have turned it into an ice rink. Yeah. So I'm guessing now they'll use this to try and rip it, water it, rip it, water it, and get some water below the uh, base layer, because we uh, aren't expecting any more rain, so. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Um, let's start with MXGP. Uh, I think the probably the results are gonna, if you if you just come in from work or, you know, from shopping or whatever, uh, p- please turn your phone off, Lewis Phillips. Sorry, sorry. Every week. Um, you're probably gonna wonder why Crowley is, is down where he is and, and Paul Ant. So basically, talk us through, uh, to start this, what happened. Okay. I was like, we're, doing, we're now doing like colour commentary. That was a proper throw to me. Okay. Um, uh, you've thrown me off now. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, Paul Concentrate. That's what happens when you okay. look at your phone. Uh, Tonus got the whole shot. Yep. Paul in was second or third. And uh, in the third turn, before you drop back down the hill, uh, Tonus went out wide. And there's a rut that you go out wide and it slings you back across to the inside. And as he got slung back across, uh, Paul in clipped his rear wheel and went down and then collected Lieber. But I think Caroli might have crashed earlier in that turn alone because when I saw him getting up, he wasn't with the other two. Yeah. The other two were slightly further down the track, so I'm guessing he crashed alone. Yeah. But either way, uh, those three crashed in the uh, third turn. And that was all she wrote. But interestingly, all three riders were able to come through the pack and pass. Oh, yeah, way more than I expected. Yeah. Like, way more. I don't know what you attribute that to, whether they're just that good and it is actually possible to pass out there, but they definitely did it well and better than I expected. I mean, the other thing as well is you could, you could probably look at this and, and, and say they've actually learned more today about lines and, you know, the track. Because they've had to come through the pack, they've had to look for other places to pass. So that might stand them in good stead for tomorrow. Oh, yeah, of course. But it's weird because, like, you say, oh, I'm surprised Crowley got to 14th, which he got to 14th after a tip over. Um, but you say, oh, yeah, that's surprising. But then the riders he passed, Strybos, Bogus, Tixia, Ulrich, Bernardini, Aranda, like, you'd expect them to pass those riders after a first lap crash so it's not uh, it's surprising when you look at it as a base layer yeah but when you dive a bit deeper you're like well why wouldn't they do that so okay yeah okay uh so where would you like to start what would you like to talk about uh tim tim so 
He looked great. He's going through this little process, this rebuilding process, as I've said many, many times. First step was winning a moto, tick that off on Natalie. Uh, then it was to win an overall, tick that off in Trentino. Then it was to win an overall again, tick that off in Agueda. I feel like if he can win this weekend, which looks good, like swept every single session, he was over a second faster in free practice, same again in time practice, and then dominated the qualifying race. If he can go 1-1 tomorrow, then I think that will be the biggest shot in the arm for him because winning on a single weekend is whatever. Like We know he can do that. Backing it up two weeks in a row, he hasn't done in since 2017 in March because he won uh, Argentina and Mexico back-to-back. Okay, thanks for that. So that's a while. Stat boy. Yep. Um, Off the top of my head as well. Got yeah. no computer in front of me. Okay, wow, yeah. yeah. Um, so one of the things which we, we've discussed on, on, the, on the show uh, throughout this year was obviously was a big question mark, quick, a big question mark over Tim and, you know, whether he could um, step up and whether he could, you know, stay on the bike and whether he could then get the win. And, and, and he seems to be going through this process. So every time we've kind of talked about it, he seems to be backing it up each time. So is the next logical step for him to put together a little bit of a run? I think a run's a stretch, but I think he can make it two in a row this week. But um, I've always been quite reluctant to say that he's a title contender. Or not, obviously, he's a title contender, but that he's going to beat Caroli straight up. But with each week, he's proving a little more to me. And as I was watching him in the qualifying race, I was just kicking myself that he threw away so many points at Mantua because we could have a nice little race on our hands, but instead it's not that. No. So that's a shame, but yeah, it'll be nice if he can win again, make it, shake it up a bit. Yeah. Not that I am counting Crowley out though, because the start's quite fair here. It doesn't look it, but um, a lot of the riders in qualifying started around 15 gates from the inside. No one went right to the inside. Yeah. So it is kind of a go where you want kind of start. Not a uh, pole position goes on the inside, second goes on second. So I did hear over here somebody oh. talking about the first five to 15 gates, um, and that. The middle middle section, you get pinched. If you, is that correct? What if you don't get a good start? Yeah. Well, Prado started 15 gates from the inside. So this is what happened in the MX2 qualifying race. Prado started 15 gates from the inside. Vial started 12, and in between those two was Vial. Uh, in between those two was Olsen, Steri, and Watson. And I looked at it before the gate dropped, and I was like, well, if Prado and Vial both get good starts, those three are going to just be cut right off, and they were. Okay. But. Watson got a terrible start because he tagged someone's bars, but Sterry and Olsen, actually Olsen came out terrible as well, but going into the first turn, they weren't that bad. But then obviously everyone else sneaks around the inside while they get pushed wide, so it is what it is, but so it's fine. It's fine. You've just got to get a good start. So what you're saying is if an MX2 rider looks over and they've got VL on one side and Prado on another, if I'm If I'm an MX2 rider, and bear in mind, I know nothing. Yep. A lot of people agree with that. Yep. If I'm an MX2 rider, I'm going on the outside of Prado. Because, yeah. so... If Prado's on the inside of me, and Vial, but just talk about Prado, and I'm one gate to the outside of him, as he moves across to the inside to take the whole shot, which is inevitable, yep. he's going to clear a path for me, squeeze off all of those riders, and leave a clear path for me to just run around the outside of him and come out okay. That's my theory anyway. I may be stupid. Do you know what? I think myself and other people tomorrow are going to watch this. On the quali- on Does the, it not on make the sense? No, it makes complete sense. I want to see if as, if... a as a club rider in my day... Hey. In the adult B group, that was my that was my that was my move. Don't set yourself <laughs> short, mate. You're not just any rider, are you? How many hole shots did you have? One, exactly. In 15 years of racing, exactly. And it was the last race I ever did. <laughs> the last race I ever did. I went back after a year, got a hole shot, hung up my boots. I know, but how excited were you about the hole shot? Well, it was great. Yeah, I know. Anyway, 
Yeah, that was a tangent. Yeah, that was a tangent. Wow. Yeah, yeah so guys is great. Guys is great. Um, probably going to go one-one tomorrow, especially if Crowley doesn't start with him. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, we t- we talked about this in pit lane, and I know it's too soon and blah blah blah, but six points off of his lead again tomorrow takes us down to twenty-eight. Did you say? Yep. And he keeps chipping away. No, I've just said. I, d- I don't believe that. Is the gap's too big? Okay. He needs help. He needs Crowley to go six-six or something like that to even things up. Okay. He's not going to get there just by going chipping, chipping, chipping. He okay. needs a big swing to get him level, and then we'll see. Okay. All right. Big swing. Yep. Big swing needed. Okay. Um, one rider which uh, did impress me today was um, Clement Dessau. Oh, just poor Tonus. <laughs> no, no. No, Tonus was great. I mean, he literally got the start, kind of checked out, and I think at that point Monticelli was kind of holding up Geyser. Yeah, and you saw that once Monticelli dropped further back, he was a roadblock. Yeah. Yeah, de- well, Which, de- definitely. Because a, what did he slip down to in the end? Uh, sixth. Sixth, okay. Yeah. Uh, seventh. Seventh. Van Horbeck got him right at the end. Ah, okay. So, yeah. he was, But at one point, he slipped back and he had Sewer, Fevre, DeSalle. Was it DeSalle? I think it was. And uh, Van Horbeck all right on him. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's, let's, we're talking to, to him from then, um, DeSalle and Tonus, because you're quite right. But the, the, the thing which I seen was um, Tonus offered a newfound confidence possibly from, from last week, got the gate, seemed to check out, Monticelli um, held up Geyser, uh, Tony's produced a little bit of a lead, and then uh, what we've seen was once he Geyser disposed of Monticelli, he was able to chase down Tonus. but instead of Tonus just fading, 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 he actually stayed there. Um, he kind of kept Geyser honest for, for a few laps, and what, what did he finish behind in the end? What uh, gap-wise? Yeah, I think it was nine seconds. Okay, nine seconds, which isn't too bad, I'm guessing, with the speed no. that Geyser's doing. There was one point that impressed me, and when it was when Geyser got into second and he was making a run, like it was inevitable that he was going to pass him. But Tonus responded by doing his personal best lap, and I was like, oh, that's impressive, because cool. that means he's kind of got something in the tank where he can go. I need to step it up here. Yeah, which often isn't the case with a with a second-tier rider who gets a whole shot is often hold on for as long as you can and slowly drift second, back. Second-tier rider? He's a second-tier rider. Okay. He's in that second bracket. Do you want, like, now you're going to make me explain myself. The top tier is Caroli, Paulin, Geyser, DeSalle, Fevre, Herlins. Yeah. Tonus isn't in that group. Okay. You agree? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I, I think it's just good Throw for you me to... under ex- the bus. No, I think it's good for you to explain yourself just because other people listening to this might just be thinking, oh, wow. But now you've explained it. You've explained okay. it very well. Thank you for your insight. He's not a consistent race winner. He's won one MXGP motor in his career. That's what I mean. Okay. Right. Fight me. No, I, I don't need to fight you. Um, I'm a, I'm a lover, not a fire. Moving on. Okay. Um, so okay, I'm interested so to know why DeSalle impressed you, because I just thought it was whatever. No, because I, I think he, he obviously had the surgery in, in the break, yeah? Yep. And for me, it's he's been consistent. He's been consistently up, the fr- up front. And he seems to be getting better every week. Mm. I feel like he's just come back at this level and he's been here. He went like what? He was he was at this level last week. Maybe it's my expectations because at the start of the year I was like, mm. and then now I, you know, it's just doing. He's just doing what DeSalle does. That's just normal. Okay. DeSalle does what DeSalle does, and that's third, fourth, fifth, consistently, quietly, and whatever. Cool. Yep. Right. I'm going to let you take the lead on this one. Why? So, so, so w- looking at the looking at racing today. What what person kind of, you know, not surprised you, but what, what excites per- me? Yeah, uh, sewer. 
Okay. And that's because I've, I've been on this little bandwagon. I'm not driving it, but I'm just sat at the back, minding my own business there. Yeah. Um, I've seen little steps this year, and Aguada was a big one because he slotted in behind uh, the top two, made a little bit of a progress, like stayed with them for a bit and proved a bit of a point. Yeah. It didn't really come together results-wise, but fourth in this race and kind of right with that to South Ever group was impressive to me, and it kind of reinforces the fact that a podium's coming. Ah, okay. That's a I just keep seeing these little things. It seems and they're becoming more frequent. Yeah. Whereas last year, he'd be fifth to eighth every single week. But back there in fifth to eighth. Yeah. He's starting to knock on the door at the front a little more each week. Yeah. And he's looking good, looking consistent, looking fast. He's, he's where he should be. Yep. Cool. Fevra, just kind of what's expected. Yeah, and I'm guessing he's, you know, he's coming back from in injury. Yeah, he it's said he still has to watch his ankle a little bit and tracks hard, fast, so it's easy to, like, dab a foot or something, obviously, coming down one of the hills, but yeah, is what it is. Van Horvick, I was impressed by that. Obviously, he's still struggling after shoulder surgery, and he technically shouldn't even be racing yet, but he didn't really seem to fade too much, so that was all right. And it's good for the team as well that he's deciding to, to you know, block yeah, out the pain. GP and, as well. Yeah, cool. Uh, we talked about Monticelli. Koldenoff was... Koldenoff? Quiet. Yeah. <laughs> Jazakonis, I was watching him and I was like, where's the beginning of the year spark gone? Yeah. Like, he's still riding the same, obviously, but whereas at the beginning of the year things were coming together for him, just doesn't seem like they are now. Like, bad starts, bad practice times, therefore bad gate picks, crap, like, I don't know what, he's still just as fast, but it's just not clicking. I don't okay. know why. Uh, speaking of Jazakonis, well, not speaking of Jazakonis, but speaking of the Ice One team, uh, Jonas had a big crash in free practice. It was huge. Um, and MX Vice caught it. Which yep, was MX Vice cool. Instagram. That's at MX Vice on Instagram. Shocker. Yeah, check that one out because uh, I was shown it in pit lane and I was like, wow. His uh, handlebars. Handlebars snapped? Yep. It was a big one. Yep. So, that's that. He there was fine, go. though. He jumped up and was jumped on his spare bike and was happily reenacting the crash in pit lane. Yeah. Uh, that isn't to do with his. So where was he in qualifying? Not great. Where was he in qualifying? Oh, uh, 26th. 26th, yeah. I believe he crashed, though, somewhere in the race, like tipped over or whatever, yeah. because he was higher than that. And the next thing I know, he was right at the back, battling with riders like Artem Guriev. So Artem, what a guy. Leok does what Leok does. Leok has had a surprising number of purple sector times today. Really? A good four or five across the day. Wow. But um, that's frequent. Like I don't know how he does it, because it's not coming together for like a full lap, but it just randomly seems to chuck a little purple in there. Hang on. Please rewind that again. Say that name again. Tunnel Leok. It's crazy, isn't it? Who would have thought? Oh, okay. I thought you were doing that for effect. No. I thought you were just <laughs> not listening to me. No, I, I don't listen to you anyway. So I kind of like, you know, just watching people go past and stuff like that. Uh, Bogus was going to have a solid time, 12th, which is better than what I'd expect. I expect him to be a 10 to 13 guy. I don't think you can expect more than that. Tipped over? Yeah, crashed. Okay. Good to get that one over over to over and done with today, I guess. Yep. And then uh, after that, you kind of just shimmy down the leaderboard. Uh, Zaragoza pulled out, and uh, the boss team. Can we talk about this? Need to have a word with the boss. Can we can we talk about this? If you'll pardon the pun. Yeah. Because um, I think I'm right in saying that Tommy's managed a massive nine laps today, and I think three bikes, two, maybe two bikes, maybe three. Well, he had a bike problem in every single session. Same thing. But it wasn't just a it wasn't just a race bike. It was the backup race bike as well, which went. So it's like, in a moment, confidence has got to be down to not not confidence in his ability, but confidence actually about the the bike is uh, got to be down to 
pretty low level. I mean, it's... I don't know. Yeah, I don't want to be launching off one of those hills with my bike spluttering. Yeah. But whatever it is, Bobashev had exactly the same issue on exactly the same lap at a qualifying race. Work that one out. So it's crazy. So You've got to think it's a coincidence that it happened on the same lap, though. Yeah. I don't know if Bobashev had the problems in time practice and free practice. I don't see those problems, so I don't think he did, but maybe I jinxed it, but whilst I was watching Tommy walk back to the paddock, I was like, it's so weird that Bobashev isn't having these problems. And literally, <laughs> just in the distance, I could just hear a blah, 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 blah. So. Yeah. So um, I just hope these guys pull it around. It's a home GP. Um, and uh, we like we, we talked about on the, on the podcast show, we know that... Um, He's got the speed. Yeah, to be, fair, to be fair to Tommy, he was up there in time practice, ended 10th, even though he didn't get a full session in. That's decent. Yeah. Proves whatever. Uh, he, free was, practi- he was P3 at some point, wasn't he? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Free practice, he did nothing because the bike went really early. Yeah. And the qualifying race, he was comfortably in the top 10. So it can, and it, it can, and it will get better, but obviously it's not all in his hands at the moment. So what are you going to do? Okay, um, do you know what has happened to Sean? No, but I'm guessing it was a bike thing. I, I, I honestly I'm, have I no know. clue. I'm just I don't know. Yeah. spitballing. Uh, oh, yeah. i just seen he disappeared, and I, I didn't know whether he, he tipped over or, or, or whatever. So that was a that was kind of our wrap-up from MXGP. I mean, uh, there wasn't really too much um, to talk about today, hey? I don't know. I feel like we talked about quite a lot. Well, maybe. Um, unless oh, should we do predictions? What? MXGP, MXGP predictions? predictions? Well, yep. Okay. Top uh, three overall. Go. Well, from what I've seen today, I'm, I'm going to say Geyser. I'm going to say Caroli, and then I'm going to go Paulan. Okay. What, who, who are you with? Uh, I'm going to go Geyser for the win, which is big. First yep. time I've predicted someone other than Caroli to win this year. Okay. Uh, I will go Caroli second. Yeah. And to be different, I think Paulin will be third, but to be different, I'll go with DeSalle third. Wow. It's right, I'm just getting a little uh, message from Anton. Anton, that's fine. We'll, we'll do it tomorrow. Go and get some food. I'd like to go and get some food. But I'm no, doing I'd this like bloody to, podcast. Yeah, I'm really hungry. And then you got Brillikov who's sat there eating a sandwich. Um, that's making me even more hungrier. People don't care. No, no, just talking. Right, yeah. MX2. Okay. Um, so what we got? We've got uh, Prado, which checked out early. I'll tell you what I don't have is the results because you've just hogged them. Oh, sorry. Well, what we do know is that let's talk us through the start of the race. For those who Why do you want it. me to now reenact the start of the race? Because I think the start was great because... I don't remember the start. Did anything really happen? Well, Prado yeah. got a whole shot. Yeah, but... Jacoby and Gertz were pushing him, but there wasn't really any passing or crashes or anything. There wasn't, but the great thing about it was Gertz kept Prado really honest right away through the qualifying race. Literally up to well, the last Well, if you lap. want to look at it like that, then the, the ending was more impressive than the beginning. All right, start with the ending. Because... <laughs> we definitely need a new host. Um, That's what I'm here for give him more of a headache than anything um so the beginning few laps were quite good he kept him with between one and two seconds and then he started to lose time in the middle but picked it back up quite a lot and uh sector three specifically he was uh pulling back quite a few temps each lap and got it down to below a second and then had one bad lap where he lost eight temps yeah and that was all she wrote because there was two laps left at that point but this isn't surprising no it's it's maybe a reminder to people because um, Mantova and Aguero hasn't haven't gone well for Gertz. Yeah, but he is perhaps the second best rider in this class. Yeah, and he was good here last year as well. Although, like I said, it was much softer, which you'd say would play into his hands more. But uh, yeah, this not surprising at all. Okay, he I think bold, 
he will be the first rider to beat Prado straight up in a moto this year. Yeah, I'm 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 with you on that. I was, re- I was super, I've been super impressed with some of his performances this year and especially last year. But today he looked really really good. I was a bit um meh by Jacoby because Jacoby out of all of that group Jacoby was the one pushing the hardest at the beginning. Yeah. He was the one like all over Gertz desperately trying to get to Prado and then that speed just went nowhere. Like okay. it just tailed off. I'm not sure why, but he just randomly like it was there, and then it wasn't, and they just settled for a quiet third. But then I guess that's kind of what you want from a rider who sometimes throws it away. And qualifying race, it's a it's a qualifying race. Top top three picks on the gate is yeah yeah. I mean, do you push yourself? No. Do you you know do you use more I mean, energy? Yeah, but for a rider like Jacoby, if you can win a qualifying race, that's a big little pat on the back. Yeah, I'm sure a good confidence boost, but at the same time, sensible. Yeah, true. So uh, Evans kind of started fourth, finished fourth. Yep. Not much there. Same with Vial. Uh, Olsen impressed me. He come through? Yeah, quite well from 13th, I think, the first time I saw him. But weirdly, I'll tell you where his strongest point was. Uh, sector one, by far, because he was going purple there over and over and over and over, even up until the very last lap. So he was finding, you know... S- sector one was his strong point. Don't know what he did there. So part of the track there, he was he was obviously using or, yeah. or he found something which nobody else seen. Yeah. That was uh, that was more impressive to me than his progress. Uh, let's talk about Ben Watson. Okay. Do so you want me to go or do you? No, no, you. You're okay. on the bandwagon. You're driving the bus. Tell us about Ben today. Uh, start. I was impressed by his, what would you call it, his immediate launch out of the gate. Yeah. And then he kind of got his bars tagged a little bit, which didn't help. And I was actually surprised he came out as well as 13th. Immediately got to 7th or 8th. Impressive. Some must have gone off a track, stuck in a rut, something weird because he lost like four seconds in a lap and went back to 10th. And then by that point, everyone started to spread out a little bit and uh, just steadily picked his way forward. But again, lap times, yeah, impressive. And like what I said about uh, Olsen in sector one, Watson was matching him there. Yeah. So, I don't know. Just needs a start. Like, And we chatted to, and, him. And we chatted to him in the pits, this, didn't we? What justifies this is look what Yago's done the last few weeks without a start. Nothing. Gets a start, second. Yeah. Ben is that. Ben yeah. and Yago aren't that different. No. So I don't know. And we and we talked to him in the pits um, just before, and he backed that up by saying, "I just need to get out of the gate. Yeah. I need a start." Although, if you listen to the podcast that I do on Sunday nights, you'd know that he's been saying that for like a month now. Okay, but that's the first that time I've heard that, it. That wasn't. I you, didn't listen you, to you, podcast. You didn't grab an. Ex- you didn't grab an exclusive there. You just know, got it, old information. I wasn't going for an exclusive. Okay. I was just saying that's the first time I've heard it because I didn't listen to your podcast. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, that's a. Uh, I'm I'm mildly excited about what he can do tomorrow, and 100 percent like the train is getting back on the tracks. Cool. So that's fine. I, I love the positive post- positivity. I'm a positive guy. Yeah. I've been negative once this show, don't think. One one person who did uh, impress me earlier on today was Brian Moreau. Oh yeah, fastest in free practice, second in time practice. Could have gone fastest in time practice. So it went uh, last lap. He went green in sector one purple in sector two and then lost it a bit and lo- the end but it, the potential was there for him to go fastest in both practice sessions yeah and uh, bud racing i've got to be pleased with his progress oh yeah and i think he is a talent that a lot of people watch out for yeah i think a lot of teams look over and are like hmm. yeah but as we know speed on one lap isn't an issue it's keeping it together in a race and although that one lap speed doesn't really translate to a race based on uh the fact that he was not in qualifying yeah the fact that he kept it together and was just steady, that's what he needs to do. Because he, like I say, been known to throw it away. And you know midweek when we were talking about possible riders who could go with Vial. 
Is he one? I don't know what his contract situation is. I don't know, but I'm just saying. I'm asking you the question. Oh, yeah. oh like I say, 100% teams look at him. Okay. He interests people. Cool. So, yeah. Um, don't really know if anyone else stood out. No? No. Okay. Sanai crashed on lap one. Yeah. Like uh, he had so a he came from quite a way back. A little tip over. Beaten didn't race. I don't know why. I've, te I've messaged him, but I don't know why. I, I don't know why. Okay. And what happened to Dylan Walsh? Because he disappeared. He was running in fifth. Yeah, I don't know. So, okay, we don't know what happened Start to Dylan as well. Part of the problem of coming straight to do this podcast immediately after the race. Yeah, well, you should find out these things before you come in. It'd be really helpful for this thing we've got going on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. Alexander Brown? We know that he's probably damaged his shoulder. Um, oh, he's walking around in a sling, so. Yeah, so um, no, no official PR or anything from the, from the team, but we're probably thinking it's probably maybe the AC joint. Uh, maybe. Um, and I don't know. Riders have been able to ride, you know, with it with some some painkiller injections. So we'll see. We'll we'll see. Oh, he's not riding tomorrow though. No, 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 no. He's in a sling. So yeah, yeah. He's he's definitely going to be out tomorrow. Another encouraging ride from Mitchell Harrison. 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 Yeah. Was that fourteenth? Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah his practice times weren't yeah. good, so I was expecting maybe a bit of a regression, but obviously not. Yeah. And uh, Puches. I know something about Puches, but I can't remember when it happened or what it was. Brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> But this is going really well. There were little flashes throughout the day where I was like, oh, look, it's for Pooches who it's was at Pooches. Mantua. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas okay. there wasn't really that at, um, where were we? Uh, Aguada yeah. or Agada. So I don't think there's really that much more to speak of apart from Buarami, I expect. Maybe, to be MX, maybe MX2 was where the fact that it's hard to pass was highlighted. Maybe. Because there's a lot of riders who either started where they finished or right around there. Unless you're Olsen. Yep, Olsen, yep. who ended the first lap in 14th. But like uh, Mitchell Harrison started twelfth, finished fourteenth. Mitch Evans started fourth, finished fourth. Jacoby started third, finished third. Same for first and second. Servlin started fifth, finished sixth. Only because Olsen passed him. Oh no, sorry, finished seventh because Vial passed him as well. Vial went from sixth to fifth. Like it was just very much that. Uh, okay, so uh, prediction tomorrow. Uh, I will go. Prado. Yep. Shock. Yep. Uh, Gertz. Yep. And then... Jacoby. Shock. I uh, just copied the qualifying results, but... Okay, I'm going to go Prado, Evans, Vial. I was going to say... I was I was thinking about Vial, but I didn't really see any flash. Yeah. And I feel like Evans would just be fourth overall. Prado, Evans, Vial. You heard fair it enough. here first. Okay, fair enough. Okay, uh, so picks for uh, MX Manager, just in case somebody wants a refresh from today. Well... Slight issue because I'm having a technical issue, so I can't get the prices up. Oh, no, I've got them. Right, prices are up. So, I set a team yesterday, being Friday. Talk us for your team. Uh, it was Ben Watson, Darian Sinai, Fevra, and Van Horby. Are you keeping that? I'm, I think D-San's going to go. Really? I, there's a lot of first lap crashes going on. St I spoke to Steve Dixon earlier, and he said it's getting better every oh, week. Oh, yeah, it's getting better. But there are first lap crashes, which yeah. are stopping it from showing in the results. Yeah. And I can't have that on my team. Okay. Uh, originally, I was going to have Tommy on my team. I, I, uh, as a fantasy team owner, I can't put my faith in that boss Kawasaki. No, no. I, I don't know what it's like being a rider, I but yeah. I personally cannot put results on the line. I would, so. I would hope that you Tommy is a rider. Yeah, I fine. would. But yeah. if and if there wasn't bike pumps today, he would yeah. be on my team. Well, d you had a DNF last week, which which cost you. I had a double DNF. Yeah. So so, uh, so what I'll be doing. 
Well, I was going to have Beaton on my team as well, but looks like he's oh, not racing. Well, Actually, has he messaged me back? One thing we should say is the reason why Lewis is not walking around the pits with a Lewis Sucks t-shirt on is because they arrived late. A little bit annoyed. Um, if anybody wants to get any t-shirts, uh, next day delivery, I can recommend a place which will get it to you within two days, not next day. So um, we're going to have to save these t-shirts probably for uh, a better day. But we will make use of this because I'm still owed uh, a bet. Okay, so uh, interesting picks now that maybe I wouldn't have considered before. Okay, shoot. Uh, Brian Moreau, 300. It's a lot of money. I, I think that's a good... That's but a, oh, yeah. I don't know, I need a lot for 300. I can't have a 9-9. For 300, I'm expecting 7-4 higher in both my I think he might do a... I, might, I think he might go top five tomorrow. Mm, no. 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 Okay. So, Watson's definitely on my team. Yeah. He's 300. So, Gert's 400. I was considering that during the qualifying race because if he can go 2-2 at 400, that's yeah. decent enough. Okay. But it's a lot of... I never have riders that cost that much on my team. I just don't. Mitchell but, Harrison at 150. Yeah. I'm more keen, but he just scares the shit out of me. Yeah. Because I feel like it doesn't take much for it to be an inconsistent day. But maybe he'll end up on my team. Uh... Yeah, they're probably the three I'm choosing between. Dylan Walsh would have interested me at 200, but... We don't know what's happened. There seem to be a fair few random crashes and stuff. Yeah. So that's uh, my thought process for MX2. You? Uh, I don't know who I'm going to go with, mate. You I haven't got the result. You haven't got the prices up, have you? It's not that I haven't got the prices. It's just... I just don't know. I might, I might actually go with four riders this week and no team and no manufacturer I, I always have four riders team and manufacturer every single time I've played I've never taken I've no, never I lost have, something but I think I might I might uh, have a little ta different tactic tomorrow so I might actually go with the riders which are going to get the whole shots for MXGP uh, no that's only five points I don't get these no people. no no they're, they're, because they're, I think if they get the whole yeah. shot they're going to be okay. there or thereabouts but there are these people who think that like oh I've got a whole shot rider that's only five points that's not going to make a big difference okay don't hang your hat on the whole shot thing well Olsen's looking good for a hard charger mm, what because <laughs> he got a bad start today oh, Jesus Christ <laughs> yeah. um, so Tommy was interested at 200 you can't trust the bike Bobashev was interested at 200 you can't trust the bike I think I'm just going to stick with Fever and Van Horbeek because that in total costs me 600 Yep, 600, and that's half my budget, but that's fair enough. I'll happily have that for a... Uh, I think what I'll end up doing is Fevre, Van Horbeek, Watson, Harrison, and then I should have, let me think, 600, 900. I'll have 150 grand left over, which will give... I will then take Yamaha and 114. Okay. And that sound, that could... It's a risky team, yeah. but I feel like there's potential there. So I'd recommend anybody who's listening to this just to ignore everything Lewis has well, just I said. Wanna, I want to do a different thing now. Um, I want to do a new thing. So on this podcast, you have to name one rider who is your like number one pick. At, at both classes. Just one rider who you're like, he is on my team. Mine is Watson at 300. Watson at 300. Yeah, that's my must. That is my number one pick. He's my pick. He's like, only 300 because you like he's him. A, no, the price dropped because of last week. What, did you think? I was like, oh, Ben's all right. I'm making him cheap. Okay. That's not how the game... Jesus Christ. I think I might go mm, Monticelli. Do you know how much it costs? Yeah, tenner. No, I'm pretty sure he costs... Uh, wait, I've got it up here. Monticelli yep. costs... Oh, that's... 250. Right. Oh, right. 250's okay. I'd, I'd go with... i tell you what would be good picks. Monticelli and Pacharel. 
No, petrol's risky. He's yeah, but it's a risky. It's a, it's worth the risk no, with that not. money. Then you could worth go with. Then you could go with like a Prado yeah, and Patrol a Vial. who costs two hundred. Yeah, that's not worth the risk. Two hundred is a lot. It's. I think it's quite a good one. I might just put him in my team just to spite you. Anyway, that's that's enough. That's enough. Okay. We're boring. How people much now. time are we at? Uh, Thirty-two minutes. Oh, sure. Bang on. That's no, fine. Okay. Uh, there isn't that much to speak about today. Okay. Apart from it's hot, it's going to be nice, and it's going to be hard and dusty tomorrow. Nah, they'll put a lot of water down tonight. And stony. Right, that's us wrapped up for the Saturday podcast show. Um, stay tuned for MX Fives for more. If you've got any questions, comments, or anything about today, uh, tweet us or comment on Facebook or something, and I'm, I'll be replying to people all night. Just bench race him because that's he doesn't really job. do anything else to be honest. That's such a part. Right, say bye, Lewis. Uh, bye. Have a good one, everyone. Great Saturday night, and we'll see you tomorrow on MX Vice Twitter at twelve fifteen UK time. Brilliant. Thanks for that. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>